what they were doing with Damian Priest. <laughs> so I was like, this doesn't look good. Now, I like his pairing with Bad Bunny, but he's got to be Bad Bunny has to be his friend. He can't be Bad Bunny's friend. Turns out he's Bad Bunny's friend. So now he doesn't have anything to do with Mania except to walk Bad Bunny down to the ring. So I'm like, oh, you're just making him a guy. So now what's going to what might might well, have we'll happened? I, I, I hope, hope I'm holding I hope. I know you yeah. are, but this is this is where you're wrong. There, this is where you hurt. <laughs> this is where you hurt yourself because I've called. I called this. I was like, yeah, you, people think I'm being a. I'm not. Look, Bad Bunny has to be his friend. He can't be Bad Bunny's friend. He's Bad Bunny's friend. And then I, 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 I promise you this: if they don't do anything with them, if they don't course correct to give Damien some personality, which he already has built in, but of course Vince doesn't care about that. What's going to wind up happening is like one day Vince is going to look at him. He's like, yeah, just uh, turn him. And he's just going to be, he's also going to be mean for some reason. He's going to be mean. And uh, I was tired of being bad bunnies, lackey. And did that, who, who put him in that position? Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you in our recorded glory to Give Me the Book, your weekly uh, wrestling podcast where we discuss all things wrestling, including the roundup of the news, matches, builds, pay-per-views, and of course, and most important, importantly, John Cena's Instagram. With me yes. is my good friend, Satoyo. My name is Mike Alloy. Good to have you once again this week. Guys, so happy to be back. It's been uh, it's been another chalk filled week of professional wrestling. So, you know, let's get into it. We are on a road on a fast lane, if you will, to WrestleMania. Both me and Satoya are pointing to the sign in our rooms. Yes. And we are excited for it. I think the bill has been pretty good. We can get into it later. But we wanted to touch on the topic that we did not have a chance to discuss last week. Um, because last week we found out that this WrestleMania, as many WrestleManias before it, has a host and uh, and two of them. Uh, one of them is Titus O'Neil. Uh, I don't know how we feel about that one. And uh, there's another host as well. Uh, goes by the name of Hulk Hogan. Uh, yeah. And uh, gotta tell you, gotta tell you guys, not excited. Yeah. Not excited. For yeah. This. I have historically not liked the idea of hosts at WrestleManias, but they've done a pretty good job in years past of making sure that the host wasn't too much of a distraction, unless it was someone like The Rock. Like that kind of made sense because it's The Rock and it was leading into you knew he was going to get involved. We all wanted to see him get physical in some form or fashion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they I remember when they said Hulk Hogan, and Titus O'Neil are the hosts. And I was like, ah, the motherfuckers went and did it again. They couldn't help themselves. And as, as we know, if we are thinking people, we are well aware that they added Titus O'Neil in because they understood that putting Hulk Hogan in that position would be a bad PR move. So what do you do? You get the company man who does a lot of press, does a lot of PR for them, and is by all accounts a relatively good guy to bite down and take the bullet uh, and be paired next to that man. Even if Titus O'Neil has forgiven Hulk Hogan in the past for well, his rate. Story, let me ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. I think this, as, as somebody who's a show for WWE, I just have one question for you, sure. which I believe will stump you. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan has a black co-host. So yes. how can he be racist? Exactly. Well, I mean, there you go. You've, you've pointed it out, right? I have no counter to that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's again, one of these things where they say, we're going to put him with the black guy. That way, no one can say anything as if that sort of absolves Hulk Hogan of his behaviors in the past and not in the I don't think it's just in the past. I think, you know, you say that again, even his apology to the to to the locker room 
was ridiculous and and shows the man's lack of awareness. He was he was sorry he got caught saying it. And then he tried to sit there and lie and say, well, in Florida in the 70s, that's just how we talk to one another. And there were people that know Hogan and said, that's not how we talk to one another at all. So the man is what he's always been, which is he is. Listen, he's a carny pro wrestler. He's a racist, which is which, again, I'm not saying he is different from the mold of the era that he comes from. I don't think he is. Uh, but to continue to put him in that place, um, it just it, it, it does take away from the appeal of it because I don't want to see him. I understand that I may be in the minority. I'm a black guy. I'm always in the minority. So I'm used to that. Uh, but it's just it's it's so distasteful for a company that is publicly traded and that does all of these other things in the name of being PC. It shows you that any of their advocacy, it shows you that uh, any of their philanthropy is literally PR understand that about these people. And again, that is not to bash WWE. A lot of publicly traded companies do believe that our philanthropy is literally our marketing. Like when we when we engage in philip philanthropic pursuits, that is marketing. They're just another company that believes that I'm not. And again, keep this in mind. If it was like Titus O'Neil's the host, I'd be like, okay, I'm not really stoked about that either. I prefer there not to be a host because there doesn't need to be a host. It's WrestleMania. But- I have no problem with being a host, if you don't mind me cutting in. I don't mind there being a host because being a host, it used to be like, hey, you are important, which just don't have anything else for you. Right. But we still acknowledging that you matter when right. the new day got the spot. Yes. This year, uh, Bailey, yeah. you know, she has a new talk show. She's yeah. been doing good. She's been a year champ for over a year. She had, you know, helped put, you know, uh, get Bianca over to where she belongs in the WrestleMania main event. Has been incredible, perfect. Like that's yeah. the spot for you. Where like, hey, we just don't have anything for you. We're not. We don't. We don't want to have twenty matches. Yeah. So here, Bailey, you are important. You yeah. get to be on the marquee. That's it, and that's problem solved, right? No, you're, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Good. Instead, yeah. Instead, we get, and, and uh, one thing about Hogan, it's not that he said. I don't think he understands. But it's not that he said the word. Like you know, what I mean, this wasn't just like a, a, a Ruske comic going too far. It's right. the context. The context. Yeah, the context. Is, yeah. You are really racist. Yes. The context is I don't want my daughter with this man because of his color. Yes. Which I don't. I, I don't know how you can twist that into not being racist. Well, I think it's just that these guys, they live in such a they live in such a bubble where they get to talk. Again, we all live in our own respective bubbles. We have to understand that these guys bubbles is actually a bit smaller than ours. Um, even though they're around richer people, that doesn't mean they have a bigger bubble. In fact, quite the contrary, in ter- especially in terms of how they think about things ideologically. Um, so, I mean, even if he is to get that, it, I mean, he may get it, but does he care? I don't think he does. Um, it's not like he went in. And again, for someone like me, the context, the statements, there's nothing he could have done because I'm like, well, I never like again, I was never a Hogan mark to begin with. So it's also like, well, I never liked you in, in the first place. And you're a racist that kind of, you know, listen, I mean, so was Piper. What's the you know, what's and Piper was good. Like, what's the difference? You know, what I'm saying? Like, what's the difference there? So to me, there was never any redeeming. So th- let me just say that there was nothing he could have done, not saying that he needed to do anything with me. But the guy was su- he's such a non-repentant racist that he didn't even try to fake it. It's not like he went and did shit with the NAACP or anything. The WWE is like, yeah, we're just going to scrub you for two years and you'll be back, which we all knew and called. So this uh, particularly feels like a slap in the face, but they will counter that by saying we've got Titus O'Neil here. Our WWE champion is black. We have two other guys who are black feuding for the intercontinental title. What are you talking about? How can we be racist? And then, and then, and then you'll have enough fans who are from where they're from. And they'll be like, yeah, I think people just really need to get over. It's like, whatever dog, you guys are the same people that, you don't you don't believe in people harassing some of these talents until someone shows up in Sonya Deville's house because y'all don't understand that words lead to shit. But that's a conversation for another time. It uh, it really is. I don't think there's much more we can say about it. Um, it's you know it, it's it's very unfortunate and it's uh, going to keep happening as long yes. as you have a 
a seventy-year-old uh, man running a, a family company. Yeah, it's, um, pro, it's pro wrestling, baby. It's pro wrestling. <laughs> it really is, and um, yeah, I think we are just you know we we can uh, wave our fists at it, and the yep. and I guess let the listeners know where we stand. But unfortunately, and let's be honest, it's not like we can us by boycotting WrestleMania not watching will change anything either. Um, right, right. And to be quite frank, we're not that we're planning on uh, doing so. Right. So now let's talk about maybe move on to a little, uh, something a little more positive as far as WrestleMania is concerned. It's only two weeks away, um, and uh, I, the 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 bills the bills to the main event are one of them. I think we agree on has been extremely compelling and extremely very well done on the SmackDown side. On the Raw side, I am uh, a little bit more split. So on uh, SmackDown, of course, we have Daniel Bryan has been officially. Uh, Added and it's now a triple, threat, you know, trying to get his Ryan now. He's your white meat baby face, kind of the ones with fans behind his back. And Edge is your heel tweeter, kind of a, a man who is righteously pissed off because mm-hmm. he went bell to bell and he won the Royal Rumble and mm-hmm. he's back after 10 years. And now this guy who the fans for some reason like, again, we don't know how the fans really feel about him, but the recorder ones sure mm-hmm. like him more than they do Edge. Mm-hmm. And he seems to want to insert him in this in this match, and he is pissed off about it. The unmitigated audacity of Adam Pierce and the rest of the WWE officials. Edge is right. Edge is totally right, and I'm gonna break it down top to bottom. Edge retired as the world's heavyweight champion after having defeated Alberto Del Rio at WrestleMania. He was told he would never wrestle again. He was told that was an impossibility, that the next bump that he took, he would be paralyzed. That man went on to have a successful career in acting. He found love and a family, but the pull of the ring always was within him. He got himself back into the best shape that he has ever been in since his 20s, at the very least. Came back last year's Royal Rumble, set the wrestling world on fire. Had a tremendous fight with Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Had a tremendous match with Randy Orton at Backlash. Tore his tricep at 47 years of age. Worked himself back up into that same amazing physical condition enters the Royal Rumble at number one, had it been done since your very favorite Shawn Michaels, and goes bell to bell and wins a Royal Rumble that Daniel Bryan was in. Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan loses to Roman Reigns twice, although he should have won at Fastlane, because as I predicted, Roman Reigns tapped out. Because you don't, as Daniel Bryan said, you don't get into a ring with a high-quality grappler and not tap. If they are getting you on the ground at some point, you're going to tap. And Roman tapped. He shouldn't be champion. It's a fact. He shouldn't be champion at all. But now it gives Daniel Bryan ample case. It should have been Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan at SmackDown. That's what should have happened. That's what should have happened. Then the winner goes on to WrestleMania to fight Edge, who deserves this, who deserves it. But what does Adam Pierce do in his infinite wisdom? Adam Pierce is a former five-time NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He should know better than this. What does he do? He creates a triple threat match, making sure that Edge now has a 33 and a third chance of winning when he had a 50% chance of winning before. This is blasphemous. And Edge is right. That's why when you see Edge behave and the way that he is behaving, that is a man who understands every match could be his last match. He is correct top to bottom. I feel nothing but empathy for Edge, and I want Edge to do everything that he needs to do to become Universal Champion because it is clear and it is obvious that the WWE officials are trying to take the opportunity away from Edge. They're trying to take it away, and Edge is justified. It's so effective. There is actually a movement now on Twitter. Yes. That says, I believe, uh, uh, hashtag, what is it, fuck Daniel Bryan? Yeah, or- yeah. Yeah, which is you know never never thought it was possible. But yeah, there's a lot of people who feel the way you feel. Um, and there's nothing better than a righteous heel. We are always yeah. talking about it. The yeah. one thing you know I liked about um, Roman Reigns is how good of a heel he has been, despite never really particularly being right, except for the fact that you know he's the main event and SmackDown got instantly better when he came back. You know that you know he has kind of put the company on his back, whereas you know he can say what he will beforehand. You know uh, he can say he was a 
his push was a detriment for the company for a long time. Whereas, you know, his ever since his return, what, eight months ago, the company has gotten instantly better and yeah. kind of yeah. definitely jumped a level with him. Well, so I he had that case. But as yeah. far as like storyline kayfabe wise, he never really hit the case, right? He always kind of cheated to win, always was this close to losing. And then right before, you know, having either Jay or, or the referee or someone to help him out. Uh, whereas the Edge's case is, as you just laid out, he absolutely should be pissed. And yeah. he's absolutely right to do what he's got to do. And if, if you were to insert Daniel Bryan in this, then I will have to give him a concussion to get him out. Yeah, yeah literally. I mean, I, yeah, I do think, I think, I think Roman Reigns is a heel. His, his him being a heel to me makes sense because he's entitled because he's been given a lot and he has been, he's been given a lot. He was the guy when he shouldn't have been the guy. And that's just the truth. I mean, we can like his push now, but we have to admit that it just hasn't worked for years. If, th- if there was, if there was legitimate competition, if there was a legitimate second or third option, they wouldn't have put him there. It just would have been too detrimental what they were doing for years. So he's been entitled to that for years. So yeah, he turns heel now. Cause like, yeah, you're giving me everything. I don't expect you to stop giving me stuff. So I understand his healed him. Uh, edge edge is just so edge is so good. And so amazing. in that the minute he starts to turn, he instantly becomes the most compelling heel in the company to me. He's, he's more compelling than and his heel tweener, whatever, whatever they choose to go with that. It doesn't matter. He's the best on SmackDown to me because he has the most legitimate gripe. And with Edge, it's always very real because you saw elements of it at Fastlane when he was like, this is mine. This is about me. This is mine. And as I've said before, and I mean this as the utmost compliment to Edge, he's WWE's Ric, Ric Flair. I've, I've thought that for well over 10 years. And I only mean that as a compliment to him in terms of um, the, the level of versatility that he had to bring and some of the monsters that he had to face throughout his career, quite frankly. SmackDown was so freaking good this week. Yeah. It's, it made me so happy to watch it because it's like, that this is what a good wrestling show is supposed to be. There's a good through line throughout the show that makes it compelling where every segment matters and it builds. And then it's just surrounded by good wrestling. Yes. We got the Rain Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler tore it down. They they gave yep. us a zigzag I've never seen before, which is very awesome cool. that they can still do that. Yeah. Um, uh, Chad Gable and uh, Montez Ford can wrestle each other for the next 20 years, and yep. I would not complain. Yep. So can Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins. Yep. Um, and that build has been interesting. This is our finally getting a one-on-one match, which mm-hmm. thank you to Seth Rollins. Um. Yes. It's yeah, it just and you know, we're getting uh, another rerun of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but again, that dynamic changes. Yes, and I'm here. And Sami Zayn roped in. I'm not wondering if he did it himself or was there any help behind, you know, uh, from WWE officials, but. If he got Logan Paul himself, I think Sami Zayn might be a just I, I, I lifelong think was, contract with WWE. I think that was all Sammy. I think I think that was all. I'll be keeping real with you. I think that was all Sammy. I don't I don't think that the higher ups there have that level of savvy uh, to to do that. I mean. I mean, they got Bad Bunny, but Bad Bunny's he's us. He's a fan. <laughs> so it's like he's a super. He's a mega fan. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was Sammy. I think Sammy is. He has found a he's just found a way to be very compelling week to week. And I have a lot of empathy for him. Although I love seeing him get beat up. It's my favorite thing. Sammy is, again, for my money, is I, I've said it before, you know. Um, you know, the way you feel probably about Jay White is the way, the way I feel about Sammy Zayn. Sure. One, he's the one who got me into NXT and kind of got me to do a deep dive into Ring of Honor back in, you know, six, seven years ago. Um yeah. So I've always had that affinity for him, but just he as good of a baby. He's one of the few people who can be the best baby face on your roster and the best heel on your roster. Yes, he he's, is very, just he's very tough. Absolutely. Or at least the best uh, chicken shit yeah. on your roster. Yeah, he's uh, very tough. Sort of type of heel. Um, so, yeah, but seeing him and Kevin Owens again uh, with a different dynamic at WrestleMania finally, which we all knew was going to happen when they first got signed. Or at least we all hoped would happen. Yes. Uh, to see them finally get there is, uh, is also very exciting as a wrestling fan. Very much so. Very much. I'm looking uh, forward to all of it. As as am I. Um, Sasha, side, Sasha, Sasha, and Bianca right. as well are yeah. doing great. Thing. I'm just waiting for Sasha to just to turn, just do it, baby. Just do it. She's already kind of really doing is. it. She, yeah, she's just she, Sasha. She's just Sasha. That's just what it is. Sasha, I'm, he, she's very much like Seth Rollins, where she can be a face for a little bit because she's just a great wrestler in the ring, and you can see the passion, and she's like fun to root for in the ring. But just personality-wise, she just cannot be a face. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, just, she's, she's not, just a natural heel. Yeah, she's not likable. I mean, people people are always like, oh, why does Seth work so good as a heel? Because he's not likable. 
I mean, even when he was Tyler Black in Ring of Honor, he became champion and everyone hated him because once you got past his flippy moves, you realize you didn't like his face. And you realize you didn't like what his voice sounded like. And you realize you didn't like what he was saying. <laughs> it was, became very clear. He's just not. And then you find out more about the man's personality. You're like, oh, there was a reason to not like him. Yeah, he's better this way. Sasha has a been- yeah, she's not likable. No, she's not. She's gorgeous she's, and she's an amazing professional wrestler, but yeah, she's not likable either. She's not likable at all. But I, but I, I can, I feel it. It's like, yeah, you are better. You're this is when you're at your best, and only when you have a heel that's also top notch do you then become a sympathetic babyface, like with Bailey. But they both had to be heels together for like a year. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Meanwhile. On the other side, Bianca, I feel like it was almost the opposite because I feel like when she was in NXT, they tried to make her a heel. Yeah. Like, uh, and she was just never, she could quite pull off. And the second she was a baby face doing like a white meat, you know, either being a sympathetic person via, you know, 24 and kind of, you know, uh, talking about her life and her fandom and how hard she worked to get here. Or just the, she's really good at those fiery promos. Yeah. Like you're a typical baby face in a way that, you know, Sasha, and to be quite honest, a lot of, I would say 80% of the roster isn't. Right. Right. And yeah, Bianca's very likable. She's just very, she's just like, yeah, she's cool. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy about this. Few, thank you for reminding me because I was about to move on. But I'm so happy about this few, how quickly they turned turned it around. Yes. Because it was it was getting bogged down and with the the involvement of the, the tag team and Reginald yeah. and a bunch of nonsense. And like all you needed to do was give give Bianca a mic and have them just both of those women just slap the piss out of each other. Yeah. And, and that's it. And now I'm 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 back on board for this yeah. match. Yeah. It didn't take much. It, it really did not, and that's a that's a sign of, of uh, the fact that you have something here, and that's kind of why everybody wanted the match. Yeah. Um, but you still have to do the work, right? And I feel like sometimes WWE does not understand that that you can't just give us a, a cool matchup and like, well, we don't really need a story. For instance, you cannot have Rhea Ripley just debut on Raw. Yeah, and then and Charlotte. say, hey, I want to fight Oscar WrestleMania because Charlotte has COVID. Right. You yeah. You have to create all, very few wrestlers. And generally, when they do, they're just all-time greats. Can go into that to a match with next to no build and tell a story. I mean, and again, there's very few. The last that I can really think of that really pulled it off well was CM Punk versus Jericho when Punk had been away for a while, and they just announced the match, and and Punk hadn't shown up. Punk hadn't been on TV, you know, but it was in Chicago, and they went and tore the house down because those two were able to tell the story in the ring, but they also had the benefit of somewhat of a past. You know, so you could bring up this sort of stale thing that you could reignite in the ring. Whereas, again, I will say this again and again and again and again and again. Since last year, they have done Rhea Ripley next to no favors consistently. Consistently, they have hurt her since last year's WrestleMania. They have they have consistently flirted with the idea of rehabbing her character and try and they've been half pregnant about it the entire way they did her a disservice at last year's wrestlemania and mike i told you this last year i said i told you i was right that they hurt her for no reason they did not need to do that and that would do a lot of harm to her and it's it's the the same thing happened to oscar sure in theory yeah they can get their momentum going again but look how much time they lose and by the time they quote unquote get their momentum back and they get the strap it's not nearly as it's just not it's just not all for what someone who doesn't to to, to tap out to someone who doesn't need the win again ah. i would rather them do so the last time there was a match i was really excited for with no build at all that i can think of was nxt takeover match between Sami Zayn and uh debuting nakamura yeah right make right. his first debut they did not do any program they just said hey this guy is making his debut he's going up against the heart and soul of nxt right but it was it worked one because that makes you feel bigger. That made Nakamura feel huge because you heard the name. You're like, "Wow, this guy's coming over." Yeah. Um, and you probably also knew it was a wink and a nod that this was Sandy Zayn's last match before mm-hmm. he was moving on. So the the and the hardcore fans, which was all of NXT fans at that point, yeah. kind of knew what that meant and knew what the hype was. Yeah. This doesn't. If you, it would be better if you would have done the same thing. If you just would have said, "Hey, Oscar, beat everybody in the division. Who's next?" Hey, at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley makes her debut as a part of Raw in the match, as opposed to Rhea Ripley coming on saying, hey, well, Charlotte is sick, so I guess me. It, yeah. it doesn't do anything. No, it, and, and honestly, like, I, we need to give Asuka her flowers because 
I mean, yeah, she's held the belt for quite a long time, but goodness, they haven't given her much. You know what I'm saying? And they've consistently put her in. They have devout, like they have made her. She's always been the secondary character in the situation. And again, I'm sorry. That just that screams of xenophobia. I'm sorry. She has it again. You don't need the person to talk. She's Oscar. You build them a person. She's one of the best in the world. It's a very easy situation to book. But she's been secondary for for a year and she's had the title for dang near a year. And uh, they have consistently found ways to just devalue. Uh, and, and they and they have sorry to sorry to cut you off right, and they right, had right. the nerve to sit there and say we're gonna give you charlotte and oscar again like I, I i like like we need to see that we have a good idea of what you're going to do again i don't need to see her tap again because i know this time when she taps if she were to tap to charlotte flair this time she's going to be even more down at the dumps and then she won't come back from that she just won't i 100 agree with you and the, the the thing that makes me really upset about this is you had an actual storyline in place. You had Shayna Baszler that you you know what I mean. You had no plans for this woman. Yep. You stumble your way into something good. Yeah. Where okay, Shayna Baszler knocks her teeth out. She's yep. on shelf for two weeks. She comes back angry than ever. Yep. The piss out of Shayna Baszler because she's Oscar and she's angry now and now she's unlocked, which we always yeah. knew she was. That was kind of her thing. The most dangerous woman in the division. Right. Which you know sometimes maybe has you know likes to have fun, but like. When she's on, she's a monster. Right. And that's it. And you and you had this match. We never really got a one-on-one Shane and Baser um Oscar match. And you know, two of the most dominant women back in NXT. Right. And I don't know why you just don't go into that story if you really want to debut Rhea Ripley so bad. Just say that's it. Just say she makes her debut at WrestleMania. Have her come in, squash somebody. We know she's a big deal. Build her up to you know have her challenge Oscar at SummerSlam. Well, anytime before because every pay per view now nowadays is kind of a big deal. But I have to wait to SummerSlam. Have her challenge her at Money in the Bank if you really want to you know can't wait to cash in on her. I but I, it's just such a weird way to do it, and it's like it, it it's it's things of a last minute booking. Yeah, I just don't think they like the look of Shayna Baszler or Oscar. I think especially within the women's division, it still is very much aesthetics based. Because if we know it's aesthetics based on the men's side, how could it not be on the on the women's side? So I just don't think they like the aesthetic of that match. And when I say the aesthetic, I don't mean about how those two would gel in the ring. I do mean what they look like and what Vince and company thinks they look like. Um, I think that's a big reason that Shayna didn't get the title last year when it comes out that Becky wanted to lose to her. And she got overridden on that. I think a lot of that has to do with the aesthetics of how Shayna Baszler looks. That's mm-hmm. that. Well, uh, man, always trying to, to get us back excited again. Yeah. Um, you do say you, you did say you are you are a fan of the the latest uh, chapter in the the McIntyre Lashley book. Yes, for this reason, because you needed to. Uh, we had the we've had the feel good moment of Lashley winning the title and everything like that, and sort of the validation that comes with that. We have to look at it from I, I want to then go to look at it from a from a sports centered angle. Of course, he's a WWE champion. Of course, he is. Look at him. The guy's he's a freak. He's a monster. He's a he's a national wrestling champion. 14 and two MMA record. The guy's a beast. Of course, he's a WWE champion. Of course, he destroyed the Miz. He killed the Miz. Miz is now fighting a singer at WrestleMania because of because of how badly Bobby Lashley destroyed him. He's fighting. A, he's fighting a, a Spanish man who sings. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be tremendous. The best thing you've ever seen. But um, so, of course, he's the champion. Uh, so we needed to get past that moment and now give real structure to it. Now, I, while I'm happy about the build, I do have a concern with the build that I will bring up. Um, I like the fact that now we know what right now, especially in this era, all the booking is sort of paint by numbers because you can't have a crowd there because we're in a pandemic. So I like the fact that you're giving me structure with an actual story of, hey, man, yeah, I'm the champion. I'm the man. I'm whatever. Someone take this guy out. Take him out. It's an old wrestling trope where the heel champion, because now you've established Bobby Lashley as a heel. You've reestablished him as a heel, let's say. is like, hey, I'd rather not fight this guy at 100%. That looks like a lot of work. I can do it. I'd rather not. Someone take him out, and I will give you a shot at this. Harley Race did that back in the day with Ric Flair, except it's like, you know, there's a bounty. I'll give you this amount of money for it. Uh, the Briscoes back in the day would do, I'll give you this amount of money to take this guy out. It's an old wrestling trope that is it's like Ric Flair did it with Sting. Someone takes Sting out. 
You know, uh, it's an old wrestling trope that works every single time because in professional in legitimate professional fighting sports, that'll happen. You'll have a champion be like, well, you can't fight me until you get through so and so and so and so. You want a shot at me, you got to get through them. So it's based in realism. So I it's like a good storyline in yeah. theory. I just feel like they're rushing it. Like they do with only because they have left. To. they have and to. They, but that's that's my point, kind of. Yeah. It's just it hasn't built well I because feel like they, they knew oh, for a long time, okay, we're gonna build Lashley for a year, yeah. build Lashley, build Drew. We got him there, everybody wants to see them go back at it. Yeah. And then they kind of pun it. Like the timing just this feels off to me. Well, I, I think don't they, understand I, why is why are they both fighting Sheamus on every think, day? Like I don't well, one, because there needs to be a tier. They've already killed Braun Strowman. You have to murder mm-hmm. someone else, right? And um uh, but I, I do like the fact they've given Seamus something to do um, in that and regard. It's actually good, but yeah, yeah. I just don't – yeah, it's, something is missing for me personally. Well, I, I think – I, I, Why I, is Lashley suddenly afraid of Drew? Like, it's not that he's – no, no. It's not – no, it's not that he's afraid of Drew. It's just that I don't want to fight the guy at 100%. Like, it's, not, it's not even that he's afraid of him. It's like I just don't want to fight him at 100%. It has nothing to do with fear. It's just that this guy is coming. I know who he is. We've tangled before. I'd prefer to fight him at less than hundred percent. Like I've just, I just got this. I just got this thing. It took me fifteen yeah. years. I just got this. So sure, I mean, I'm gonna fight him, but can someone beat him up a little bit before you send him to me? Now, the thing that I do find concerning about this, and it reminds me very much of Team Angle, is that when Brock was chasing, um, was chasing Kurt in the lead up to WrestleMania 19, you know, he killed Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. And, and 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 it did that and it did them no favors and Kurt would speak about even when Kurt came back Kurt was like yeah I I I, I kind of regret how I let that go down because we should have been able to get more mileage out of that Drew killing Cedric and 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 Shelton and Shelton's dealt with this before in Team Angle getting murdered like that after just being the Raw World Tag Team Champions. Is, is ho- hopefully that was a one-off. I don't think it is. That's just a bad sign because then you're, you are, in fact, jeopardizing the Hurt business so far as I see it. Um, I hope that I am wrong about this, uh, but I was not wrong about what they were doing with Damian Priest. <laughs> so I was like, this doesn't look good. Now, I like his pairing with Bad Bunny, but he's got to be bad bunny has to be his friend he can't be bad bunny's friend turns out he's bad bunny's friend so now he doesn't have anything to do with mania except to walk bad bunny down to the ring so i'm like oh you're just making him a guy so now what's gonna what might might well, have we'll happened I, I hope, i'm holding a hope i know you yeah. are but this is this is where you're wrong there this is where you hurt <laughs> this is where you hurt yourself because i've called i called this i was like yeah you, people think i'm being a da- i'm not look Bad Bunny has to be his friend. He can't be Bad Bunny's friend. He's Bad Bunny's friend. And then I, I, I promise you this, if they don't do anything with them, if they don't course correct, to give Damien some personality, which he already has built in, but of course Vince doesn't care about that. What's going to wind up happening is like one day Vince is going to look at him and he's like, yeah, just uh, turn him. And he's just going to be, he's also going to be mean for some reason. He's going to be mean. And oh, I was tired of being Bad Bunny's lackey. And did that, who, who put him in that position? You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, you're bringing, you're killing a guy when you bring him up just by making him look like a guy. You know what I'm saying? The dude is six, seven and can work. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's got cool entrance music. He's got a cool aesthetic. Capitalize on him now before you kind of ruin it. And I look at the Hurt business, you have all this momentum. If you're going to, if you're going to feed those two to Drew, please let that be a one-time in a match, in a match. Like, let that be a one-time thing because the Hurt business is working. Don't kill the hurt business just because you think that you got it to where you got to be. I'm saying eventually you got to build those guys up, especially Cedric. Killing it doesn't help anyone. That was the mistake that was made with Team Angle. And you don't wait, but do what Evolution did. Evolution was designed to get the two guys over because they needed to because business was down. (laughs) So they needed to create new stars. You need to resuscitate the career Shelton to a degree. And you need to build the platform of of a Cedric because you've already built the platform of Bobby. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only concern that I see there. But they do it all the time, unfortunately, when they just don't pay attention. And I'm being polite in that way. I, I want to be polite and say, I think they're not paying attention when I could use uh, uh, language that would be far more critical. But we're not here for that. 
Yeah, bro. I feel like it might be over for her business. Yeah. I feel like this is. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like what you're warning about has already happened. I feel mm-hmm. like it's. It's. It's pretty much over. Because okay, fine. Bobby Lashley wants to pull that hit out. He has two hit hitters yeah. who can who's supposed to do that for him. Yeah. And they just like as you said, just got just lost in the handicap match to to Drew McIntyre. So much so that now Bobby Lashley has to go into the two or five locker room. Or, yeah. or the 24 7 locker room. Talking to Drew Gulak, talk about some, take him out. God damn it. That's right. The, your, 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 uh, your, it's, it's, it's all, all the, the minority wrestlers on Raw plus Drew Gulak. Yeah. You want Philly yeah. Ball? Phil, the Philly uh, boy, Drew Gulak. <laughs> Philly Ball. Thank you very Philly much. Philly Ball. I, I, yeah, Ball. you're not from Philly. I think yeah. you're, again, you're from, uh, I'm you're from, from a, the Midwest. Yes. You're a, a little country mouse. Yes. Yeah, I'm a little wet behind the ears. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I am hopeful, though, that maybe this is like a way to maybe build up Ricochet. I don't think it will be. I think what, at what best... The, we, what the hell best, Ricochet got to do with any of that? What the But hell? he was in the locker room. Yeah, he was and, one of the guys in the and, locker room. And? So maybe he will, what I think is going to happen, what I hope, what I hope is going to happen is, okay, Ricochet just now joins... The her business and, okay. and gives them that, and we will forget that Shelton and Cedric lost, you know, to uh, to Drew, and then him joining the her business will kind of, I don't know, give him a minute. Doesn't Ricochet Ricochet look like? Hoping. Ricochet what do I think looks, is going to happen? I think yeah. Ricochet is going to challenge Drew to one on one match, and it's going to yeah. be fun, and it's going to yeah. be great, and yeah. it's going to last fifteen minutes, and he's going to get pinned, and then we'll and then nothing. There'll be no consequences. Is what yeah. I think is going to happen. Yeah, Ricochet looked like the biggest loser <laughs> of all time. He could have joined the Hurt Business. That went on to be wildly successful. He chose not to. Won by a countout or disqualification to get the Hurt Business to lose to leave him alone. Then proceeded to lose to every member of Retribution for months and then found himself in a locker room with Drew Gulak. Man, you hate to see it. You hate Drew to see Gulak it. had a one-on-one feud with Daniel Bryan. That was excellent, but guess what? Yeah. They moved him over there, and all of a sudden, he, has, he doesn't have Daniel in the writing room for him. So is, that's it. He's Just looking at, that, looking at the locker room at Ellen Raw makes me sad. There's no tag teams. Who is your tag? You have your New Day. You have now AJ Styles and Amos. 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 Amos or Amos? Omas. We gotta learn. We have to learn. We have to be professionals. Yeah, it's Omas. Um, Omas. And and that's it. You have all these talented individuals. Well, again, I said hopefully one of them will make a name for himself in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, the raw side of things again. I'm just not uh I, I know the match is gonna be good. And and you know, again, they're giving us Sheamus for against um uh, against Riddle, which is yep. going to be great. Again, they, had, they used to have good, good chemistry with one another. Uh, I'm a little upset they're fighting over scooters and not the U.S. title. That's a little right. uh, demoralizing. But well, that's, no, it's, it's rough. Okay. I think I think if they get, I would like to see Sheamus have another run with the U.S. strap. Um, I would like. I, I I don't think there's a. You could continue with Riddle. Uh, I think Sheamus's work. Have you know he doesn't need it obviously. But I think a win would be helpful for him. I think he could use that because he's already lost to the two best guys on uh, on Raw. So he better be able to beat the third best guy in theory, right? That's what you'd hope. And then you also have the uh, the the Shane McMahon Braun Strowman debacle, <laughs> yeah. which which I don't think we need to say any more about. But you know, that's 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 there too. I just, it's just why would you sell it like that? Like, why would you go? It's brains against the brawn. Like, why would you like? So now that's it. You're just like, hey, this guy is dumb. Yeah, that's they, what we're just doing. To one they're of just they're, they, they are trying to very clearly show you what they think of Braun Strowman, uh, and it doesn't matter. Again, I, I think the the Universal Title run, he was thrown in there, and they said we'll give you a shot. I put shot in quotation marks. They feel as though he underperformed. He turned heel within that situation with the fiend loses to the fiend uh, rather definitively. Then Roman comes in, Roman pins him to take the title from him. Then Roman supposedly taps him out a couple, like a week later, he didn't tap out. He passed out, but they were told to say he tapped out. So now all of a sudden he's tapped to a guillotine choke. Um, 
proceeds to do nothing, you know, has his little run here and there. Uh, Lashley taps him uh, to the hurt, like legit taps him to the hurt locker, you know, and then all of a sudden uh, Shane McMahon is kicking his ass and pours slime on him because we're in Nickelodeon from 30 years ago. You can't do that on television. It's like I, they're just showing you what they think about the guy. And uh, and and I don't think that there's, you know, why would I, you think that that will get him over? That's what, that's what they're, they're, I don't I don't I don't think they're thinking that. <laughs> I think they're thinking, hey, kid, you're in a marquee match with Shane McMahon. That's going to really help you. And look at what it did for the Miz's face run. Goodness gracious. Right? <laughs> did wonders for him. So it's 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 um, yeah, it doesn't look good on, on that. end. that's that is a match I can safely say I am not looking forward to. I can no. safely say I'm not looking forward to. I that. am looking forward to Orton. I know Orton the Fiend. I it's one of those like I don't particularly care about the segments it's not it's just not for me i'm not saying they're down belly at least they care they clearly, yeah, they, yeah, they clearly care. care a lot and they put in a lot of work and i appreciate that part not the target demographic for it but i just based off i've said it before and i keep saying it i think uh the first uh funhouse match from last year's wrestlemania is the best wrestling segment match of all time period I that is blasphemous. That is a blasphemous statement. That's, that's okay. That's that is wicked. You speak, um, you speak wicked. The devil has overtaken your heart. I, as somebody who likes to think too much about wrestling, uh, this is like right up for me. This is the, the best meta wrestling segment. And it's just with Easter eggs and stuff you can watch and and uh, decode and everything else. And I thought it was done really well. And Johnson is a good actor, which is uh, nice to see him. That, that shit was trash. You really think that, so? I not really think like, it was bad. Are you just doing it for, like... No, no, like, I, no, I'm not. not here's, what I'll say. here's what I'll say. It was creative. It was creative. But I've, I've done enough art forms where you can be very creative and the creative is bad. And that's just what I thought about it. I thought I, I thought that I thought they I thought they did the best that they could being thrown the curveball of COVID. Um, but other than that, no, I don't think it didn't help the fiend at all. It actually made John Cena. It just it, he looked even more protected. The thing was convoluted. It was bloated. It was I stupid. Agree. It was. I feel it, like was he didn't get it, man. it was. I no, no, I got it. it. I got it. And it was I terrible. I, I, it. I did. I did. No, I no, I actually did. It was bloated. It was stupid. It was garbage. It was. Um, it was John Cena for the heel he was the I, entire time. Yeah, I, I, no, I know, I know. And guess what? It stunk. It just, it just. Oh, no. It's like no, you don't it's need to tell. Wrong. You don't need to tell me something I know about the man. You don't need to tell me something I know about the character. Because now you're trying to tell me, like you're trying to like tell me something that I know. Nah, you show me in the ring. Oh, you don't want to do that. Okay, thank you. That thing sucked. <laughs> that thing. I, sucked. I, don't know. I feel like the entire time to kind of have John Cena's inverse of hey, this guy who presented as a face for 17 years was actually a, a horrible human being who takes advantage of people, etc. Tied it back into the storyline with the fiend and just all the plus, not to mention all the bells and whistles and uh, all the uh, the stuff to reminisce from the 80s WWE to the the nitros. I thought it was brilliant, brilliant segment. Um, and I don't know the the best. I don't know. It's it's if wrestling is art, it needs to have like an art house. It needs to have like your artsy film, and it was done incredibly well, in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do, and they pull off the same thing with uh, Randy Orton. So I'm I'm just excited to see what they can do with it. I'm sure it'll be creative, and I'm sure they'll work very hard. Of that, I have no doubt. Well, you know what? Listen, at least we do not always agree, and that's and that's what makes this interesting. Um, I don't uh, have too much to say about WWE programming anymore or anything that happened there. Um, happy to that Andrade got released. Uh, I will take some uh, credit for it after our impassioned podcast last week. Um, he's free to work anywhere he chooses to, and I'm excited to see him work again. He could go anywhere. I mean, he could go to Ring of Honor. They just had their 19th anniversary show. That, from all accounts, was very, very good. Los Iglobanabres, I know I butchered that a bit. I apologize. They're still on top down there, so he could go there. He does own the name Andrade, not the Cien Almos, but he does own Andrade, so he could be Andrade. He could be La Sombra. He has options. Uh, Ring of Honor, it's not like they wouldn't need the help. Uh, they most certainly would. 
Um, and then also there's New Japan. Uh, that may be a little bit trickier because we still are in COVID. The numbers are not dropping. <laughs> Don't be lied to. Um, and then, of course, there's AEW. There's Impact. So there are so many options to for this guy to go to. Apparently, there is no 90-day no-compete clause, which there shouldn't be on any of these contracts. These guys, if they're independent contractors, that should not be a thing. Uh, the company, WWE, is not treating their employees uh, equitably and fairly. Uh, but that's fine. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really, really excited to see where he goes, especially after the 19th anniversary show that happened this past weekend with Ring of Honor, where Arush is still Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion. Uh, It is harder for some of us to talk about those subjects as deeply because programs like Impact and Ring of Honor, like Sinclair Broadcasting being what it is, it's not as accessible to everyone. But we try to stay on top of that and the pulse of that as best that we possibly can. Uh, But yeah, I do believe that they really realized the pickle that they were in with Andrade and the fact that you're not doing anything with the guy. You kind of got to let him go. And I hope I know I, I, you know, I hope, I hope Alistair black can get all the money that he can. And when he's ready to go that he leaves, cause I, I much rather see Tommy end than Alistair black any day of the week. And it's a shame that when Paul Heyman lost uh, the creative direction on raw, it spelled death for buddy Murphy uh, Tommy and Alistair Black, Andrade, Umberto uh, Carrillo, Angel Garza. Like, those guys were just dead in the water. Yep. I uh, agree 100%. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about more about other promotions. Uh, I realized uh, last week, I believe, we uh, didn't really uh, discuss New Japan Cup in detail too much, um, yeah. which is a shame because it was, again, as we have been saying in previous weeks, fantastic uh, yes. tournament this year. Uh, ended with uh, Shingo and Will Ospreay, a match I think with me my ass likes games about as far as our enjoyment of it. Yes. I thought it was fa- absolutely fantastic. Um, and again, Shingo is probably my favorite wrestler in the world. And I thought Osprey uh, brought kind of matches intensity. And yeah, just overall, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Maybe not my favorite Shingo match, not my favorite Osprey match either, but fantastic match nonetheless. And I'm excited to see the, what, what uh, Osprey can do with, uh, with Ibushi. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the match that Osprey and Ibushi have as heavyweights. I think that, to me, that'll be the really interesting thing. Osprey's put on weight, um, still wrestles like Will Osprey, So that has its positives and its negatives. But uh, he's, he's really worked himself into, he's made himself a very, very compelling professional. And his New Japan Cup victory really solidified him as someone who can compete at the highest level who can compete in the main event and i have no doubt that match will be incredibly competitive and creative as the overlord demigod psychopath that is kota ibushi is on his quest to erase the history of the new japan heavyweight championship and the intercontinental heavyweight championship with his psychopathy, this man that you people love because you think he looks like a superhero. He is a super villain. Okay. This man means nothing but harm. He is an amazing in-ring performer, arguably the best in the world, but he's a sociopath. He means to ruin 30 plus years of history in one fell swoop. We should have known that. We should have known anytime a man says, I will become God. That's always a, it's always a bad side. It's always, it doesn't matter what they look like. If they say, I will become God, it's over. It's, it's done. It's like that. We got to know they're going to do something awful. The last time they, they were in the ring um, in the one-on-one contest, Osprey put Ibushi in the hospital. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he debuted his, um, uh, the back elbow to the back. I, I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. word. The, the yeah, name. I, I can't remember. Yeah, that back. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a basically, yeah, it's a hard elbow to the back of the head. And boy, that, that looked bad when he debuted um, yeah. against Ibushi. Yeah. And so he was the man to injure the guy. Yeah. He, will. he put the guy in the hospital. Yeah. So it's, 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 you have a compelling, compelling storyline in place already. So yeah. I am extremely excited to see where they go with it. Um. Have, has it been revealed who is the newest member of the, the Empire, by any chance? Not yet. No, it has not been. It has yeah, that's another. But, yeah, I have to, who... but I have to do some watching. I mean, after this, I always have to, like, go to New Japan World and watch the latest 
uh little tour thing they did so yeah for those of you that's right to explain um osprey is the leader of his fact uh fraction he, originally he was a member of the chaos which is kind of your mainstream uh fact uh faction in new japan uh led by okada who has been the face of the company along with tanahashi forever for a while mm-hmm. um he when he turned heel broke off started his own faction called the uh, the empire with Jeff Cobb, who is oh, like a Shigo Tatai type, just like a, a barrel of a man, just that's, very, that's, a man who's as tall as he's round and yeah. incredibly, incredibly in the ring. Imagine, imagine an island version of Dr. Death Steve Williams. That's how I would describe for any like old school wrestling, like you would have you. You know who I'm talking about, Ben. He's that's like a, that. I think it's a perfect description of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe like a short Ben Ben Bigelow. Yeah, that's some, something like that's just a just a what amazing what a what a man what an amazing amazing man Jeff Cobb is. Yeah, a specimen and a uh, uh, great Okan who has yeah. been divisive amongst wrestling fans. I think yeah. you explained to me that he's a, a manga character, basically. But yeah, to me, he just comes off like as a manga villain, like he's just or a manga v- villain rather. Uh, yeah, he's just like, but he's a legit guy. I mean, he's a legit athlete, you know, uh, legit fighter. So there's no, there's no slacking in his game. It's just like his presentation, you see him and it's like, I've seen you in a cartoon, you know what I'm saying? But he's, but he's shown, he has a skill set and he is, he is skillful and, uh, they obviously believe in him. So, you know, he's doing good things. That's right. So again, they're telling an exciting story with uh, Will. I think we have met and talked about. They're telling a very exciting story with Ibushi. Uh, interesting to see what happens when they're passed yeah, did, alive. Did a little bit of domestic violence on his girl to show how much he he loved the title. He loved those double championships. That I love those double championships more than I love my girl. And then right. proceeded to give her a cutter. So <laughs> that was that was good. That was huh? That's you know, it's a heel move. I, I, I could have done without it. I feel like he could, he could be both. He could be yeah. the best. I understand that he's supposed to show his obsession with being number one in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to choose necessarily, but then again, he's a bad guy. So who am I, you know, it's a, it's a discussion, I think, for some of, for, we'll talk about it. Let's put a pin in it. We'll come back yeah. to it some other time. That's as far true. as do you need or your character to be the domestic abuser or a racist or any of those things. Sure. Just, or is that excusable? because way to get heat or you know is it okay if he's a bad guy well sure the very short answer is he needed something to stand out because he's already in a company that has arguably the best heel in the world currently he's got to find a way to distinguish himself from that guy that guy being king switch jay white so he had to find something else to do sure right but that's that is how you get to and i don't want to uh uh, bring back the topics you might have covered on uh, other podcasts, but that is the same type of logic that explains uh, Riley Piper painting his face half black. Yeah, and going, well, you know, he's got to stand out. Yeah, yeah, There's that's true. Other people and guys, he was the baby face in that angle. <laughs> oh, well, that, that is different. I think was he really? He See, was the baby face. The, oh, but wow. again, but no, people have to understand the carny nature of professional wrestling and the uh, the ab the objective racist <laughs> history of professional wrestling that has been rather rather unkind to uh, people of color in their characterization. I, think, wait, ben, I didn't. I thought Benius Brown was always no. He was uh, a heel uh, the a entire time. Face, no, he was a heel the entire time wow. he was in WWE. And you want to know what his finisher was? It was called the Ghetto Blaster. Oof. So, Good yeah. times. Imagine being a, a six-year-old kid in 1990 watching that. It'll, it'll do stuff to you. <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan is the host for WrestleMania. Um, yes, anything you want to talk? AW and NXT was there. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I I'm, I'm very excited for Stand and Deliver. Yeah, they, that's they, gonna be a good. They're, one. they're they're advancing. They're they're advancing their thing. as should be. Uh, Adam Cole and and O'Reilly. You know, both cut great promos. Mm-hmm. uh carrion and finn also like very good psychological stuff that they were doing there uh, on aw's and ken uh kenny omega and matt Seidel put on an excellent opening match that thing was that was absolute. that was honestly like one of the better i think that was my favorite match of the entire week i think that was the best match of the week one of the best i mean matt Seidel is a guy who's been around for a long time can do a lot of flippy stuff but 
he does it in a way that it doesn't look ridiculous. And he's very capable and competent. And he's only in his late 30s, been around 20 years. So I thought they had an amazing, amazing uh, opening contest. Um, I thought uh, Pinnacle looked great. Um, yeah, I, I thought they had a solid show. You know, I thought yeah. they did their solid thing. And yeah. Uh, I just want to give it uh, one person I kind of want to uh, name drop is Zoe Stark. I think she, the, what NXT has been doing with her as far yeah. as just like somebody who keeps getting pinned every week, yeah. but it looks so good in defeat that she's already become like a free instant factor in a, in a stacked women's division. It's just yeah. really well done. And I'm also just really impressed by her and how yeah. smooth she, she's in the ring. Um, and yeah, Raquel Gonzalez keeps being incredible. She's every tremendous. Week. She's tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. I mean... All like you know, I can only you can only be like, yeah, this that's great. <laughs> that's like literally it's like that's great. That's actually amazing. So yeah, it's yeah, no, it, the, it's incredible. Just only because think where she was six months ago, where it was like, oh man, she looks good but kind of green. To now, she's just just incredible. Um, yeah, want to you know give her some uh, props on uh, you know uh, of loud, I guess on the on, on the recorded medium. Yes, um, we should do what we should do our matches of the week. That's right. The matches we recommend everybody to see. So um, even though it was done, I, I didn't like the way it was done. So I, I've mentioned this podcast before. My favorite wrestler growing up uh, was Kane. That was the first guy I, I always rooted for. The first guy I always wanted to be the champion and win um, as a as a kid. And I'm happy to see him go as a go in as a hall of uh, hall of famer this year. I am upset that he probably got it because Batista was unavailable. Mm-hmm. So, like, hey, let's put another big guy instead, which is a, a little bit of a shame. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a fitting because he's always been a, a company man through and through, the guy who would do anything that Vince asked him to do, yeah. whether it was, to, you know, start off his career as a, as a dentist, as a wrestling dentist, mm-hmm. uh, or then continue as a fake diesel and then, you know, stumble on a character where had made the best debut of any character ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, ripping out the door in a, in a classic uh, Hell in the Cell match, the first Hell in the Cell match between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And he never really was a work rate machine. Um, right. Always a guy who was smooth in the ring, extremely protective. Yep. Uh, looked incredibly impressive. Was a guy who was bigger than Undertaker. So he was a guy bigger than the other monster you had. And at some point, he moved quicker. Mm-hmm. more explosive, et cetera. Uh, just an incredible athlete, but never put together a quote-unquote five-star classic. If I had to recommend one match, I would recommend, it's probably, it's probably not the best, again, from work rate perspective or anything like that. And I might have said, because this comes from the height of Triple H's reign of terror. Uh, but man, this was, I don't think there was a match that had moved me as a wrestling fan as much as this one did. Because I was cheering hard for Kane to finally win and become, this was a title versus mask match from Madison Square Garden in 2003. Uh, this is your typical, I mean, I know it was post-Attitude Era, but it looks like an Attitude Era match, just kind of a brawl all over, all over the arena with some signature moves. There's a spine buster, there is Kane's uh, flying clothesline, one of the prettiest flying clotheslines you'll ever see. And, you know, for all the knocks on Triple H as a workaround that time, who was slow, I'm not going to deny that. You can, they had the crowd in the palm of their hands, man. This was, and Madison Square Garden in the palm of their hands, which is a beautiful, beautiful sight. There's really nothing like it. Um, they were with Kane. They wanted Kane to win. When Kane looks, it's about to choke slam uh, Triple H. You can hear the excitement. And then when Randy Orton comes out of nowhere and RKO's, uh, Akiyosu, you can hear it, just the crowd go completely silent. Um, it's a, again, just a really, really uh, cool match to see, not from a work rate perspective, but from how over two wrestling characters were and how much the crowd, the best crowd in the world, cared about it. Yeah, it's important to watch matches like that from a t- This is why I think a lot of people gravitate towards AEW, especially when they were doing live shows, because the crowd was, it was an old school wrestling crowd. And that in WWE's crowd now is too, they're they're just not. They're just too trained. They're they're over. It's 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 too. It's not good. It's just too polished. You know, I haven't gone to a WWE show in a while, and I wouldn't because the interaction just isn't the same as it was beforehand when it was allowed to be really interactive. And uh, yeah, that was a very great. It was a great match. It was deflating. It was very very deflating because like a lot of that time period, it should have gone the other way. 
Uh, if even for a moment, should have should have gone the other way. Didn't didn't help Kane. Um, it, does, it does help. I'm sorry to interrupt the last thing. It does help that you know you no longer, at least I was no longer disappointed by seeing Kane take his mask off. That was kind of the big reveal, and at the time it was very, huh. That's well, yeah, that's that's moment. all they. Yeah, that's why it shouldn't have happened. I mean, it was just like you did because the payoff just wasn't legitimate. Keep in mind, Kane had lost the previous month to Triple H and a title for title. Ma- I mean, the reign of terror was there was a reason the millions of people stopped watching. Um, so yeah, that is a great match. That's a great match to watch. You should definitely check that out. Mine is very simple, and I and I do say this because I know everything's on Peacock now, so I think I gotta like sign up for Peacock or whatever else and. I've heard that the, the the operating program, it's just very hard uh, system to navigate. But you definitely should check that match out. Who knows how long it'll be up. My recommendation for the week is from SummerSlam 2002. It's a nice, fun match between Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio. Uh, it's, just, it's just a fun match of those two get, just giving you nine minutes of fury. It's just really fun. Yeah, uh, one of the best openers of all time. Just, yeah. a, just a great, you know, great way to start the pay-per-view. And now is the time for our favorite segment. Yes. John Cena's Instagram. About time we've got of the week. Uh, but finally oh, get Mike, to dive in. Mike, no, no, no. We're at we're at a time, bro. Oh no. Yeah, bro. We're at a time. Is the tape we done? Are we out yeah, of tape? The, we, we're out of tape, bro. We gotta cut it. We don't got enough time. Oh, no. I'm, I'm dead sick. We don't. I don't. I'm so sorry. We do not have enough time to get into it, dude. Not this next week. week. Yeah, next, next week. week. We're starting off with John Cena's Instagram post of the week. It's how we have to do it. We got to do it up top now. It's the only way. It's the only way. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, Give Me the Book. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. And uh, we will see you next week.